What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Self-Destruction Podcast, where we give you the tools and insights to improve your lifelong learning, leadership, and innovation with the top minds in their fields today. Brought to you by SEAC, a global leader in lifelong learning and innovation. Check them out at seasiacenter.com. I've got all their details down in the show notes. I'm your host, Dana Blue, and in this episode, I sit down with Dave Cordery, the director of Blanchard New Zealand. Dave and I discuss the type of leadership that Blanchard specializes in, which is self-leadership, and his work with the New Zealand military to implement this leadership style throughout its ranks. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. Now, one of the things that I found interesting about your backstory, you spent some time in the New Zealand Navy. I did. I would imagine a Navy for an island nation is quite important. It is. Yeah, yeah. And that is where you first actually had the encounter with self-leadership. Absolutely. Um, When I was a a teenager, I I did what um, many teenagers around the world did and ran away to sea. And so I went and joined the Navy. And initially... um, Initially, when I joined the Navy, the intention was to to get aboard a ship and sail around the world. Mm. Um, I decided after about um, three or four years of I, I got my degree through the Navy and then went on to to start my professional training. And as after about a year and a half at sea, um, I decided that um, it really wasn't the right place for me. Or it wasn't the best fit. And, yeah. and I'd started a young family and I, I wanted to um, spend a bit more time at home. Yeah, when you're off at sea frequently, that can yeah, be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So, so I um, I went sideways in my career into, into training and training and development. Because your actual background, uh, I believe I was looking on your the screenshots of LinkedIn that uh, – Nong Fong sent me was uh, you have a background in applied mathematics. Yeah, a long time ago. That was perhaps an, another life. <laughs> you know, it's I'm, my background's in engineering. Okay, yeah, yeah. And now I'm in media doing podcasts. It's funny where these things lead us. Yeah, but how did you how did you make that transition into training from you know being a sailor, you know, kind of a mathematics background into kind of training and family life? Well, it's, um, it probably actually goes a little bit further back than that, that you may not be aware there's not so much on LinkedIn about it. But um, throughout my entire life, I've been involved with judo. Um, and I've, I've, uh, I started teaching judo at a fairly young age. Okay. Um, so that's... Well, judoka myself. Oh, okay. There yeah. we go. So, um, so from about the age of 12 or 13, I was, I was running junior classes. So mm-hmm. I always had this, this passion for developing people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and as I went through my career um, I, and went to sea, it, was, it, became, it became more about me and less about developing other people and helping other people achieve their potential. Okay. And set, so that's where I, I decided that that's where my natural talents and my passion lay from quite an early age. Um, that was where my passion for, for developing others came into it. And when I came ashore, <clears throat> they, they call it coming ashore, when you came ashore from a ship um, and started getting involved in the, in the training world, uh, the New Zealand Navy uh, put out a climate survey uh, to find out what was what were some of the issues that, was, that the sailors were facing and the officers were facing. And surprisingly, uh, this was a little bit before that, a year or two before that, the, the feedback we got or the results of the survey showed that there was concerns around leadership in the, in the Navy. Wow. And, 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 yeah, well, that's what everyone said. And the senior, senior leadership in the Navy said, hey, this is, this is a military organization. Leadership's supposed to be strong. Mm. What can we do? So, um, so we, we, did a, we set up a really robust process for exploring a, a range of different uh, leadership providers 
uh, we we set up a project that went, I think, uh, about 18 months and uh, and involved, as I said, a, a, a very robust process of, of interviews, discussions, a lot of discovery about what people could offer and how they could offer it. And, uh, and we settled on Blanchard uh, and SL2 um, as, as the core model for the Royal New Zealand Navy. And from that, we decided to roll out uh, self-leadership for every new recruit and every person in the Navy was, was exposed to self-leadership and every person leading others was exposed to situational team leadership. And then everyone who led a team which pretty much was everyone in the Navy, mm. was exposed to situational team leadership. So um, initially I was, I, I was delivering a lot of self-leadership to uh, the, the new recruits, and they were, they were getting self-leadership at about week three. And I don't know if anything you know about the Navy, you can imagine when you're coming off the street mm. uh, and get your hair shaved off, um, get given a uniform, yep. um, it's about week three when they go, oh my goodness, what have I done? Yeah, it- <laughs> I was so I was in the army in the U.S. Oh, Not quite the Na- yeah. I wish I had joined the Navy. I could maybe uh, would have been a better experience. But I, I do recall that that boot camp, you mm. know, the basic training time when you're in the in the military, and it is like you don't even have time to think the first couple of weeks, you know, with what they're doing. Yeah, so exactly. I can imagine week three, you're like you suddenly get time to think and yeah. you panic because. I don't know if you know much about the, the SL2 model and the, um, the development stages. It's when people come into the Navy, they're a D1. They're an enthusiastic mm. beginner. They're on a high. Hopefully. Well, most <laughs> of the time, unless their parents sent them in. But, yeah. um, but, but most of the time, they wanted to be there. They're excited. Mm. They didn't need a lot of support. They just needed to, needed to know what to, you know, who to salute, how to iron a uniform, how to clean a shower, um, all those important things, how to march. And, now, yeah. Here's one of the interesting things with, with that. And I agree. When you first come in, you are that enthusiastic beginner, mm. and there's a lot of skills you need to learn, basic skills, but skills to, to get you ready to be a sailor or a soldier. I, I can understand situational leadership, situational team leadership being a great fit, but I think a lot of the listeners might struggle with understanding how a very strong hierarchical system, like a military, might fit with self-leadership. So can we talk about that a bit? Sure, sure. One of the premises of self-leadership, and I guess one of the one of the one of the assumptions people make in the military is that it is about command and control. Mm. But most of the time in the military, you don't require command and control because it's just like any other organisation. It's a business. There's certain certain a certain culture around it, and there's times when you go to war and you you've got an operational situation. You need something done now, and it's an emergency situation. Mm. Then, then like. As, as is uh, encouraged in, in, in the SL2 model, that's a time when you get very directive. In an emergency, if someone needs to do something quickly, if it's a high-stakes game, then you get more directive. And that's okay. But for the most part of it, for when, you, for when you're, you're issuing someone a uniform or you're filling out their, their weekly pay packet or, um, cleaning the, uh, or, or cleaning the Humvee or something like that or um, you know, driving, the, driving the general somewhere, for the most part, it's it's definitely a situation where where you don't require an order to be given and a yes sir or yes ma'am to take place. Yeah, we that's how we we envision the military. Mm. I remember even when I was in the army, you know, there's those were the norms: the yes sir, the yes ma'am, the salute, 
were the norms when you were on base. And so, it like, like I said, I think for me, I know I, I'm having a hard time connecting the dots. I see the value in self-leadership. Mm. I think it's one of the, the best models of leadership available for a corporate structure. And I, I can see where if you look at military from a business perspective and an optimization of task perspective, where we're looking at, like you said, privates or uh, seamen, you know, in in the Navy, who you clean the Humvee ten times a week, you you scrub the decks, you clean your weapon. There's leadership that needs self leadership that can improve mm. that that workflow. It, it's just a hard image when you picture it working in that top down hierarchical model. It's it's really about finding the match. If you if you're training people in situational leadership, SL2, mm. um, situational leadership 2, as it's, it was uh, traditionally um, traditionally called as we're moving to SL2, um, it, it's really about uh, finding that match and having conversations. Leadership isn't, leadership's an influence process. As Ken always said, leadership's an influence process. And he often tells a story about coming home from basketball and saying, hey, Dad, I'm a captain of the basketball team. And his dad's saying, that's great. Now you've got the position. Uh, I hope you never have to use it. Yeah, <laughs> sort of thing, and and, it, and and most of the time in the navy, it's that's exactly what it is. You're having conversations. Yeah. So the more effective and efficient they can make those conversations, and the more the the operators can actually put forward their ideas, because you can probably appreciate as you get promoted, and and particularly in some of the technical areas, mm. a lot of the new a lot of the new kit that comes onto the ship is um, is really advanced. That the senior officers don't get told how to use the kit they don't get told how to maintain the kit or taught that no, they don't need to know that they don't need to know that they need to to lead the people who do do it yeah so if something can be done better who's the best person to to tell us how to do it better or how to do it more efficiently so or, the operator who's ex- got their hands exactly on so day. that's where they need that self-leadership to be yeah. able to stick up their hand and say i know a way of doing this better was that a cultural shift for the New Zealand Navy? It was a huge cultural shift. Okay. And it was a cultural shift in, in a positive direction. And I can tell you a little story to follow up how, about how effective it was. After a few years of uh, instituting or implementing SL2 as the, as the framework and starting to roll out, we did a complete saturation. So everyone was trained. Everyone knew the language, was speaking the language of leadership. I think that's key. With. Yeah, that was that was key because we uh, we put ourselves into the New Zealand Be- Business Excellence Awards, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Baldridge yeah. Baldridge Be- Business Excellence Awards. So it's a global global framework for assessing a- an organisation in terms of effective leadership, and and it's it's um, it's very quantitative. Uh, yeah, very quantitative. So um, an organisation gets rated, and people come in and they interview everyone and they score it up, and it's done externally, so it's completely uh, completely objective. Okay. So we entered this uh, this framework for awards, and we ended up with a bronze award the first time we entered it, which we thought was great because we'd already had situational leadership in for a while. Mm-hmm. We knew it had made a positive difference, and it, and it gave us a, a, a valid sort of external confirmation that, that what we were doing was in the right direction. Three years later, we entered again, and we got the silver award. And then three years after that, I think it was in 2011, we ended up getting a gold business excellence award. Nice. And, and it's a Navy. It's not a business. It's a Navy. Yeah. But it just goes to show the the Navy is a business because it's in the business of protecting the the, the country. Yeah, or national defense. The national defense, yeah. And so essentially it is a business. Um, and, and leadership is across all the functions. And that shows you the effectiveness of the SL2 model and self-leadership. 
because it didn't matter whether someone was in accounts or, or logistics or operations or you know firing the guns or whatever leadership was critical across all those areas so was it about that nine-year time frame that it took for that kind of cultural shift in that language kind of to become part of a, the internal lexicon of the navy to to happen i actually think it was was quicker than that it just it just as with any culture, it mm. takes time to to allow that culture to really manifest itself, and the, the so the behaviours changed much more quickly. The culture took a few more years to to really embed. Yeah, and kind of yeah. bake in. Mm, mm, yeah. Now, have they continued with that program? Since? Um, we 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 continued it on uh, till just just after I left the navy. There was a there was a change in um, approach for, from the navy itself. We would try to become more more of three three services mm. one defense force okay. so a lot of that was shared services so what happened is they they redesigned a lot of the leadership training and because the army was was the largest something like five thousand in the army compared to two and a half thousand for navy and air force roughly speaking total um, people total people yeah it's not a big it's not it's not a big organized not a big army so we, we <laughs> like we, in the u.s there I, I lived on an army base that was bigger than your entire armed forces by yeah. like a hundred times well i i, I think you, you've got aircraft carrier which are tw will carry twice the personnel of our entire navy <laughs> yeah we do. yeah yeah so um yeah so so it's, it, but it's about quality not quantity yeah Banner. it's about quality I, I can't argue the same thing in the u.s <laughs> so um where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about the uh, the three three services, oh, one right. defense yeah, force? Yeah, yeah. So we went three services, one defense force, and and uh, to to their credit, the army do have a lot of strong leadership um, capability, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, specific learning. So they decided to um, to to dominate that area and and say, look, we'll cover that. And Navy was kind of kicking and screaming into that corner, um, but said, yeah, okay, um, let's go with that. So it's fine. And 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 uh, the good thing is now is I still bump into colleagues who talk talk the leadership language. Yeah. So it's in the culture now. Uh, the fact that it may or may not be being actually taught specifically mm. uh, is, is kind of irrelevant because it's going to take a long time to get it out of the culture now it's part of the language yeah, it's like what you said like maybe three years four years for it to bake in and it might take two three generations for it to, to it actually could, could well, come yeah, out yeah it could well be the case that's interesting and you know it the, the model that they shifted to it, it's interesting too because you know the three services one defense force model that, that you guys went to especially at the scale the size you're at it's, that makes a lot of sense. It's easy to understand that, mm, that mm. infrastructure. Mm -hmm. But it, it's funny how I wonder if it will end up being that that leadership language and that culture is so strong at the Navy that it pushes out into the other branches. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> only, only time will tell. Yeah. You've been listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast brought to you by SEAC. To find amazing resources on lifelong learning, leadership and innovation you can check them out at seasiacenter.com as well as their links in the show notes and for more great conversations like this one you can find our archive at selfdisruptionpodcast.com